Well, friends, uh, so this may be the last or one of the last of our hard skills lessons, but I thought one of the hard skills that we need to be equipped to do, uh, the Bible says to be be prepared in season and out of season, uh, to be ready to give a reason for the hope that is in us. And so I, I thought it would be appropriate for, for me to share with you uh, a simple plan for how to share the gospel that I have found to be useful um, in, uh, in, in my life. One of the reasons that it's important to talk about how to share the gospel, one of the reasons that it's important to kind of approach these things every so often is because our culture is changing so much. There was a time when you could speak to someone in a community like ours and go straight to Romans chapter 3 and start talking about Romans 3.23 and Romans 6.23 and Romans 10.9 and 10 and, and do the Romans road, talk about John 3.16 or talk about 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and just kind of start in uh, on the gospel presentation the way that perhaps many of us heard it when we were young. Uh, the difference, though, today is that many of us had the benefit of having some language built into us. We had some background. If you grew up in church, there was a common language. There was a common set of assumptions that we all had. And so we were able to hear Romans 3 and Romans 6 and Romans 10 and 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We were able to hear these things and they immediately made sense to us. But today, because of the condition of our culture and the secularizing trajectory of our culture, how it seems to be moving away, I can go out to a place, and I did this once. I, I went to the little town right next to where Whitney and I lived when we lived in South Carolina. And I'm talking about one notch to the right of the buckle on the Bible Belt. Okay, Greenville, South Carolina is the home of all things Christian, you know, cultural conservatism, cultural Christianity. I mean, Bob Jones University, Furman University, which in previous days was Christian institution, and then my own North Greenville University. Uh, so three historically Christian colleges in that town, an incredibly, um, uh, I don't know, culturally Christian place. Okay, tons of churches, church on every corner. Um, and you can now go to a place like downtown Greer, South Carolina, which is right in between Greenville and Spartanburg. And I can share the gospel with 10 people. And I did this. Shared the gospel with 10 people. And either 8 or 9 of those 10 people had never heard it before. That tells you that we can't take for granted that anyone is going to understand us, what we're saying, when we drop down in Romans chapter 3 and start in on them with, for the wages of sin is death. Okay? Um, and so what this means is we have to provide a context. We have to provide a story. So how do we explain when you, when you ask someone, have you been saved? And they say, well, saved from what? What, in other words, the gospel, of course, we know that the, that the word gospel means good news. But before the gospel is ever good news, it has to be bad news. It has to explain the problem. And so now we have to be able to give a, a, a full picture of the story. Because if we just drop down in the Romans road these days, I'm afraid it's a little bit like picking up the phone at the house 
and starting halfway in on a conversation between your mom and her gossip partner when you're a kid. And you're like, wait a second, who are they talking about? You know, I don't really know because I don't have the context. And so basically what happens is we have to be able to provide a little bit of the forest. We have to be able to back up, to zoom out, and to provide a little bit of the larger story. Because if we believe Romans chapter 10, verse 17, that faith comes by hearing, then friends, just remember, all we're responsible for is presenting the message. We don't save anybody. Jesus saves people. And He has said that He will do it through the message of the gospel. It's the message that has power. So if you fear that you don't have all the right answers, or that you don't know enough to be able to answer someone's um, challenges, or you don't feel like you know enough to be able to present the gospel, well, friends, the good news is it really doesn't depend on you knowing everything or you having any kind of particular power. Um, I can go out with, with my master's degree and share the gospel five times with somebody, and then the person who's a brand new believer who doesn't know anything but, but the, the gospel that he heard goes up and shares the gospel with that same person the sixth time and that person comes to believe. It has nothing to do with the instruments. God actually intends to make himself look big through using the weakness of humans. So if you feel weak, then you're actually in the perfect spot. You're in a really good situation because God usually glorifies himself. Jesus usually makes himself look big by using small and weak instruments. So the best thing we can do is to humble ourselves before the Lord, to confess to him that we don't have what it takes, and ask him uh, to use us. I want to tell you a story, though. Hopefully it might give you a little encouragement, a story about Jay. I told you that I shared the gospel ten times doing this little uh, project, this little experiment. Um... Shared the gospel ten times. The seventh or eighth time, it was with a young man named Jay. And I just met him in the park. He was 18 years old. He uh, was about to graduate high school. And I said to him just something very simple. You know, by the way, I grew up doing evangelism in my youth group. Like we did this hardcore door-to-door, knocking on people's doors, evangelism type. All right. There's a lot of good things I learned from that. Probably some things I wouldn't do the same way. Um, but, you know, if you, if you ever have heard one of, some of the questions that folks ask, you know, if you were to die tonight, why do you think, do you believe that you would go to heaven? You know, and people answer that question in different ways. I've had some people say, oh yeah, I would go to heaven because of X, Y, and Z. And then other people say, there's no way I'm ever getting in. It's amazing how different people answer, answer this question. But I took a different tack when I was trying to meet people and engage people. And I said, uh, I asked more of like an informational question. You know, kind of like the more you know. I said, um, I'm curious if you've ever heard what the Bible teaches about life and God from someone who believes it. You know, it's like, well, he can answer that question one of two ways. He can say... Yes, I've, I've heard that. I've heard someone explain it to me before. Or, no, I've, I've never heard it, you know. And then he said no. And I said, well, have you got about three minutes? Can I give you the three-minute version? Well, most everybody has three minutes if they're walking around in the park in the middle of the day. And so I was able to just scratch out on a notebook 
the thing that you have right here. It's called the three circles method. The reason that I like the three circles method is because you get to walk through it and explain it as it unfolds. You know, if you just hand somebody a track, that's like, hey, I'm, I'm giving you this piece of paper. Um, you know, go read it and, and let's talk. But uh, I don't know. It might convey to people that you really don't think it's important enough to sit down with them and talk through it with them. And then sometimes you can flip through the track with them. And, but, but it's already laid out. And as you're trying to explain page one, they're already looking at page two and really not paying attention. But if you do this little method, you can do it on the back of a napkin. And you can just scratch it out with people and it takes about three minutes. You can explain God's story of the gospel uh, very quickly. And so that's what I'm going to do tonight. And I've got a big, big one right here. And I'm just going to show you what I did on my little notebook right here. And so three circles is really easy uh, because the name of it is all you have to remember. You have to remember that there are three circles. And the first circle, of course, as you see on your paper, is God's design. Okay? We're able to place the we're able to, to bring the, the conversation to a place of context to say, you know how broken the world is now? You know that stuff that goes on in your family? That broken relationship? Or those things that happened to you when you were a kid? Or the things that you've done, the bad decisions that you... You know that it actually has not always been this way. The world has actually not been this broken. The world has actually not always had these problems and these wars and these famines and this disunity and disruption and, and things going wrong between people. It's actually not been this way in the beginning... God created the world, and it was good. We're able to explain that. Um, Genesis 1 and 2. In other words, it wasn't always this way. We don't, we're not dropping down right in the middle of Romans chapter 3 and doing the Romans road. We're backing up a little bit and saying, you know what? God's design was perfect. What happened? We draw an arrow. Sin happened. Sin occurred. You get to explain sin from Genesis chapter 3 and say, God's design was perfect. How did it get from where it was to where it is now? It got from perfection to the brokenness that we know. We can go ahead and, and write in brokenness. Write down broken for to save time and space. How did it get from perfect to broken. It got from perfect to broken because we decided to disobey God. We decided to go our own way. Our ancestors did. Adam and Eve did. They, they were told what to do, but they decided they would like to be like God. They decided they would like to be little gods themselves. And of course, we see that in our own hearts. And you can even say, you know what? I see it in my heart. I want to rule my world. I want to be master of my ship. I want to be king of my own destiny. I like to do life the way that I like to do life. I don't like to submit to God in my own flesh. So the way that we got from God's design to brokenness was sin entered the world. And then you get to, you get to riff a little bit on what brokenness looks like. What would be some examples? What would be some examples of how brokenness shows up in our world? What do you think? 
selfishness. What else? Pride. Pride? Is that what I heard? Yeah, pride. Like addiction. What else? Maybe like depression. Maybe our bodies, our minds, our moods don't work the way that they're supposed to. Not, not, not necessarily because of our personal sin, but because we live in a sinful world. We live in a Genesis 3 world where even our minds and our bodies have been affected by the Genesis 3 fall. Okay? What, what other things? Maybe just one more. Oh, yep, lies, deceptions. Okay, broken relationships, broken marriages, different things occur in a Genesis 3 world, sometimes beyond our control. And so, um, this is where we get to relate um, about how we, we recognize and we know that, uh, that we live in a broken world too. We can talk about the brokenness that has showed up in our lives. You can say, listen... I have this relationship and it's gone poorly this way. And this is an example of brokenness in my life. I mean, is there any brokenness in your life? Friends, everybody believes this part of the gospel. Everybody on the world believes that it's not the way that it ought to be. You want to know why I know that? It's because everybody, no matter what they believe, they're all looking for a solution somewhere. A bunch of people think that the solution will be found yesterday at the polls. Other people think the solution will be found with a substance. Other people think the solution will be found through getting another achievement, getting another degree, or a better vehicle, or a better house, or X, Y, or Z. Everyone believes this part of the gospel, that the world is not the way that it should be. And we get to pluck that cord. We get to say to them, you know what? Why is it that you have the sense that the world is not right? It's because you're right. You're right that the world is not right. Where does that sense come from? The desire to get back somewhere. To get back to what was lost. To get back to Eden. Everybody wants to get back to Eden. How do we do that? Well, we do it. We get to escape the brokenness partly now and fully one day when we're in heaven. We get to escape the brokenness through the gospel. The gospel is the good news we get to talk about. Now we get to talk about Romans 3. Romans 3, 6, 10, 2 Corinthians 5, other, other passages, John, John 6, John 3. You can, you can riff on whatever you'd like to there. How do we get from the brokenness to the gospel? How do we get to God's good news? By repenting and believing. By repenting and believing into the gospel. That's how we, in part, escape the brokenness now. But the story doesn't end there. Many gospel presentations end right here. Now that's fine, but there is another piece to the story. Because this whole thing makes a circle. You see that now in your papers, of course. 
But the good news is, God doesn't just simply take care of our spiritual need and put us in a waiting room until we die. He gives us purpose. We get to live out of that purpose for the rest of our life by recovering Recovering and then pursuing what? Pursuing God's original design. We get to pursue Eden again. In other words, God is desiring to roll back the curse of Genesis 3 little by little while we live here on this earth. He gives us purpose to tell others about this gospel, but He's also promised us what we learned in Philippians 1.6, that He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the final day, at the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not only that, but 2 Corinthians 3.18, He will transform us from one degree of glory to another. So God is in this process of sanctifying us, of removing the residue of the brokenness. Now, the, the, the reality is, while we walk in these bodies on this earth, we will never fully uh, get rid of all of the residue of the brokenness that has happened in Genesis 3. We won't do it, but we will partly. And we get to pursue that. We get to get closer to Jesus, to know Him better, to shed some of the effects of Genesis 3, and then have the hope that at the end, we will return to that land. We will return to Eden. And, it, and that Eden that we're headed toward is the new heavens and the new earth that God has prepared for those who know Him. This message not only brings freedom from brokenness, it not only brings spiritual, like a canceling of our sin, but it brings purpose now and a hope for the future. This is a, a holistic gospel. Okay, That's why I love this plan, because you can do it in about three minutes. You can cover all your bases. You can stop at any moment to answer questions. You can have a conversation and it gets to unfold before you and the person that you're sharing with. You get to start out by asking just some simple questions that are non-threatening and saying things like, have you ever heard? Well, it kind of puts the person in a position where they're like, well, you know, no, I've, I've never heard. It's probably something I, I ought to have heard so that I can know if I like it or not, right? Everybody has opinions about Christians. Well, maybe if, if you're going to hate us, at least hate us for what we believe instead of uh, just what, what you, what you uh, are not quite sure about. You know? Why don't you have an informed hatred of us? You know? um, so anyway, God's design is where His story started. Brokenness came in. The gospel's the solution. God's design is where we're ending back up for those who are in Christ. Uh, hopefully, that's an easy plan. Um, hopefully, that's been reachable and and helpful enough, I would say that a way to, um, to, to press into this or to make progress with this is just in your free time um, when you're sitting around in a waiting room or when you're sitting at your table and you don't have anything to do or a commercial break between the TV show, uh, just have a little scratch piece of paper and practice it so that when the moment comes, you can draw all three circles. Um, and then once you get the circles, it's actually easy to remember the arrows. How do you get from brokenness to the gospel? Well, by repenting and believing in the gospel. And then what happens after you believe the gospel? You get to pursue God's original creation again. It becomes uh, very quick and easy. So um, that's our hard skills lesson for tonight. Hopefully it's been very practical um, and helpful. Um, that's the end of it.
But I would be willing to entertain any questions that you might have. Yep, so uh, he, where did I, how far did I get in the story of Jay? I didn't get anywhere, did I? I told him about it. Okay, yeah, I left y'all, left y'all in suspense there. I told him, the, I shared this with him, and at the end of it, you know, you're always kind of curious, what do you ask now? And so, well, I know that if God is going to open someone's heart, and if he's going to allow this person to believe, if he's going to prompt them to believe, then well, that, then that, the, the gospel is going to seem sweet to them. The gospel is going to seem good. So people are either going to reject the gospel or they're going to like the gospel. And so what I said to him at the end of it, I said, well, what do you think about this? Do, do, do you like that message? Does that sound like something that you needed to hear? Does that sound like something that you need to be a part of? And he looked at me and said, yes. And I said, well... Do you believe what I just showed you from the scriptures? Do you believe those things? He said, yeah, I do. I said, have you ever believed it before now? He said, no. And I said, well, if you would like to begin a relationship with God right now, I would love just to pray with you, and you can, you can repeat what I say. You can put it into your own words, and you can basically just call out to God and ask Him to save you. And He did. And then I got His phone number, and He started coming to church with me. He needed a ride, so I'd go pick him up and um, kind of passed him off to some other folks because it wasn't but a few months before uh, we left, uh, you know, to pursue another ministry role. Lost contact with him. Um, but I hope that the Lord is continuing to grow fruit in his life. If he's a genuine believer, we know, Philippians 1.6, he will continue that work. He will continue taking Jay from one degree of glory to another. Pray for him. Uh, I, I pray for him every time I think of him. So, uh, any other any other questions? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a good word. Anything else, folks? Why don't we take this moment and um, and pray for those that we may know who need to hear the gospel? Um, many times I'm convicted that when I think of someone who needs to hear the gospel that I know... Um, I, pray, I end up praying something like, Lord, put a believer in their way. And I always kind of catch myself and wonder if I might be the believer uh, that needs to be put in that person's way. Um, so, I'm going to open us up in a time of prayer. And then I'm just going to be quiet for a few moments. And that will be maybe a couple of moments that you just in the quietness of your heart can pray to God about the person that may have just come to your mind or the people that may have just come to your mind. So I'll pray. have a moment of silence where you can kind of pray. We can pray together for one another's needs, one another's folks. And then we'll close our time tonight. Sound good? All right, let's pray. God, I thank you for the gospel.
I thank you that while it takes a lifetime and we would never completely plumb its depths, it is as simple as a three-minute message that we can scratch out on the back of a uh, napkin in explaining to someone. Lord, I pray that you would use us to be messengers of your gospel, that we would share the gospel, and then, Lord, who knows, out of the ten times that we share the gospel, who knows if one or two or three may come to know you, may come to believe in your gospel. And right now, Lord, I just want to take a moment in the silence of our hearts to pray for those that we know we ask you to save them. Lord, I thank you for um, putting us in the lives of people who are near to us but far from you. I pray that we would take that responsibility seriously and share the gospel with with those uh, as we have opportunity. Lord, I pray that we would remember that our lives are as grass, we're as dust, we're passing away quickly. and, And we perhaps need to not be so concerned with the opinions of others or the fear of man and just share the gospel and allow you to do its work. Lord, would you do it? Would you save the very people that have been thought of and prayed for tonight? We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.